Kim here from Tabletop Rebellion and welcome to episode two of the Tabletop Rebellion podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for yet another episode. I apologize if I'm a little sniffly today. I've been fighting off a little bit of a cold of some sort. I'm not sure, but we have too much excitement going on. Um, a wonderful interview today that I want to share. So we didn't want to waste any more time before we got a podcast out to you. Um, and before we get into that, I want to introduce my co-host for today's show. I'm joined by my partner in crime and life and all things gaming, Mr. Jim Breeze. Thanks for having me. Well, I figure, you know, it could be the least I could do given we game together, we live together, you know, and such. Well, I mean, it is nice to be here. <laughs> Instead of being locked out of the room while I do some kind of podcast. Uh, I do want to give a shout out this week to uh, Jason and Sarah Brame. Jason was actually going to be on the show and we just had some tef- technical difficulties. So he'll be joining us uh, on a later show. But they were kind enough to let us hang out with him in sunny, sunny Florida for the past week. And I would definitely be lying if I said we didn't have a good time. Oh, we definitely had a great time. Got to play a few games. We visited a very famous mouse. And we traveled all the way to the Batu. That was probably one of the, my favorite things that we did last week. Yeah, definitely. Gaming is fun, but traveling to far off planets and getting your own lightsabers is pretty fun too. While we were down there, um, we also got to visit House Rules Gaming. Um, that is Jer- Jason and Sarah's local FLGS. And oh my gosh, what a great store. Oh, it's, it's, it's a small store, but uh, the people there make up for the size. Oh my gosh, absolutely. He does a great job. He still has a very active um, Heroclix community there, which is really cool. I haven't seen that game played locally um, in a while in our neck of the woods. So if you happen to be in Kissimmee, Florida, be sure to... To, to seek them out and check them out. But you can also find him. He's got an online presence. So uh, you can find them online as well. Highly recommended from us anyway. Definitely recommended. Yep. While we were there, we actually picked up Patchwork uh, for Jason and Sarah to give them a, a chance to try that game out. I think it's one that they're really going to like. And I added to my ever-growing dice collection. <laughs> There's no such thing as too much dice. Too I, many I'm, dice. I'm glad that you feel that way because... The bag's getting kind of full. And I've upgraded to one of those giant bags that has like, I don't know, what does it have, seven or eight pockets? It does have a separate, it's, it's a bigger bag that, I forget the name of it, it's wider than it is tall. We'll put a, it's awesome. We'll put a link to, to it in Amazon in the description. But to say I have a problem might be an understatement. Um, but it is one of those bigger bags that has a separate compartment within the bag for each type of bag. It's dust. so cool, you guys. It's so cool. But yeah, so one of my things that I do when we travel is if we visit a game store that is not local to us is I buy a set of dice. Um, I may need to find another outlet <laughs> before too long. Yeah, I mean, as far as store souvenirs go when you're traveling out of state, a set of dice is on the cheap end. So Yeah, it took up less space than some of the stuff that Jim brought home from Florida. So there is hey, that. you got a lightsaber too. <laughs> He also bought games. Well, what did you pick up? I picked up um, a new expansion for Star Wars Legion. Oh, that's right. Um, which hopefully I hope to get painted up. It's the uh, um, the speeder for the Rebels. And I hope to get it painted up the same way that they have the speeder painted in um, in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, we'll have to. Because well, you, you took a good picture of that. 
So once you get it done, we'll have to post them up side by side on the Facebook page. I haven't shared a lot of his painting yet, but I'm biased. Um, But Jim is uh, an incredibly good miniatures painter. And I'm not the only one that says that. So it's okay if I have a biased opinion about it. Because other people who are not his wife have also said that. And uh, while we were in Florida, we also had a chance to play Big Dig from TMG. That is a fun little flip and write. I don't know what else to call it. (laughs) Anyone would recognize it as a roll and write, but instead of car, instead of uh, rolling dice and filling out a sheet based on that, um, everybody, it's it's a draft and write. So there are yeah, there are, that's there's going to be five different options. Each player, you know, picks one, fills in their sheet based on that shape, and goes around the table that way. Um, so not exactly a roll and write. It's it's a draft and write. Uh, probably more similar to uh, like welcome to. Yeah, I was. I could see that. And that it uses cards instead of dice, but. And that was a fun one. We we played that one with Jason and Sarah. We also played Azul, and I got the lowest score I've ever gotten in Azul, and I was a little sad about that. I only scored like twenty five points. Well, you did get stuck with a full row of negative points on one turn. I did, and I've had that happen before. Usually, that game was my jam, but yeah, I got <laughs> I got shown the door on that one this time um and then we had introduced jason to outer rim from ffg which had been on his playlist for a while i um, mean he just had an opportunity to try it and i think he really liked it I think he um, did too, especially with him being a star as big a star Wars oh my gosh if you know jim and i personally or see us post things you'll know that we are pretty big star wars fans and jason's fandom puts ours to shame he is well versed in canon of star wars so he was real excited to see characters that I honestly didn't know who they were. Um, <laughs> so that game went really well. It, it does play... Our only complaint about that game is it plays long. It can. Um, Maybe we should have only gone to eight fame. But we were looking at a couple hours. When it's a learning game, it can take a little bit longer. And that game is subject to analysis paralysis sometimes when you're trying to figure out... I almost think it gives you too many things to do on your turn. It almost just gives you too many options. I could see that. Because I can I can buy if I'm on a planet I can buy a card from a market, but I can also rotate a card from the market. There's like four things that I can do. And that really draws out a turn. I, to me there's a lot of downtime between turns. There there could be. But otherwise the game's great. So don't let me don't let that sway you. We have a, a first impressions article on the webpage about that game and it was pretty pretty positive overall i think it was yeah it was, it was it, it's still a great game oh yeah so hopping over to what's new on the channel because we've got a few good new goodies and things out there for you you may have seen our review of garento pop up this week that just went live on kickstarter um game we're huge fans of yes um so we hope that you'll take a look at that because we're totally hooked on it, and I, I can't wait for fulfillment and all <laughs> and all that jazz. Um, but I have a special surprise for all of you. All right, everyone. Now, the part I'm most excited about today is I am joined by Mark Spector from Grand Gamers Guild, and he is here to talk with us about Garinto, his game currently on Kickstarter that has already successfully funded. Yay. Super thrilled about that. And uh, we're going to pick his brain a little bit about this game so you can hear from someone other than just me how awesome it is. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on board. Um, so congrats, first and foremost, of having a first day funded Kickstarter. Thank you very much. That it, was uh, awesome to see. Yeah, it definitely wasn't 
an expectation. I know a lot of uh, a lot of projects. You know, you aim for that first day funding. I mean, sure. heck, you aim for first hour funding, right? right. But um, Garinto is such a different project in the sense that it's really not built for Kickstarter. And it's also a different project for Grand Gamers Guild in that we've never done an abstract game before that I just really tried to let it go and not have an expectation and just be happy with whatever happened. And I was more than happy. Every day I wake up to new totals and I'm more than happy that more and more people are jumping on. That's awesome. And like I've said, this is one of my favorites that I've had an opportunity to get to preview. So thank you for letting us uh, take a look at that game first. And it's so much fun. It has all these wonderful thinky aspects to it. It's a super fun puzzle. So where did you, how did you find Garinto? So Garinto was actually brought to me a couple of years ago by a woman I was working with who was my web developer and sort of uh, also supplemental social media manager. She belongs to an organization out in Colorado, a group of gamers, and the designer, Ricky Yainer, was a member of that group. And uh, he brought it into the group one day, I think. This might be a bit apocryphal, as they say. And um, and then she said, hey, I work with Slash Forward, this publisher, and I think we should take a look at it. And she brought it out to me, and I will... Uh, you know, it's one of those things, it's not quite as sort of epic as the shooting of JFK, but it's one of those <laughs> things where I remember exactly where I was right. when, when, when we had that conversation sitting at the table and I was sort of already salivating or chomping at the bit just from her description. And then we played it and I kicked her butt and that's always very satisfying. Always, I agree. And Because she's super <laughs> smart too, so, you know, for me to win was a you know a special moment there and <laughs> and after that i'm just like how can we get this done because yes i want this as part of my catalog that's awesome so how long was it in development like so you said it's been a couple of years since it was first brought to you Did yeah you do so, a lot of play testing or well the core mechanics uh have always been solid the fact that you're moving a tile from one spot to another and then you collect other tiles based on the uh, tile that you move. Yeah. So what, what was added in over time was the engine building aspect. It started out in the sense that you used to collect as many tiles as, as one could. So that is to say, usually all four. Oh, okay. Uh, it also used to be that, if you remember the terminology that we used in the rule book, we, had, we have a path and we have a mountain. Mm -hmm. So the path is on the outside and the mountain is the primary game board. Well, it didn't used to be that there was no path and you actually only moved tiles within the board. Oh, wow. So, so we changed that. And actually this is really the credit that goes to uh, Heather, the woman who was my web developer. Um, and that was really, uh, things took a leap when that happened. It, it went from, you know, good to sublime at that point, because what people would get hung up on with 25 choices is, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's still a lot of puzzle there, but in any round or season, as we call it in the game, right. <laughs> you only have 10 choices, right? And the board is ever-changing, so we really, really reduce that cognitive load. That's awesome. Um, and then we went through many iterations of scoring uh, between the key elements and the goal cards. When Heather originally brought the game to me, we only ever had... Um, one way to score. And to be quite frank, I thought it was amazing. I, I, I was like, yes, this is good. We can run with this. But I'm not a developer and I'm, I'm not very smart <laughs> at times. So 
uh, Ricky and Heather and Josh Capel uh, and a few other people who play tested it with me over time kind of all put their noggins together and we came up with the uh, dozen goal cards that are currently in the game and now you know put it all together and the whole is greater than the sum of its parts as yeah. they say and that those cards really add a lot of variety so that no two games are you know for a while I'm I'm playing with different goal cards so I have a completely different strategy sometimes based on what those are exactly that, one of that things, adds a lot I like that yeah one question we've gotten uh, is why don't the goals change because you score them every round and we've uh, my answer to that has been that because you're using those goals to collect the tiles and build an engine if those goals changed every single turn it would undermine your engine building. True. So, yeah. and, and there's, to me, that seems obvious uh, to the folks who are asking the question. I think it becomes obvious once I say it. Yep, I would um, agree. We went back and checked the rules and just to make sure, are we supposed to change these during each round? And then we kind of thought it through too. Well, yeah, it makes sense not to because otherwise everything I just tried to build upon may not matter anymore if, that, exactly. if it changes too drastically. Exactly. One of the other things, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, shove this in here square peg round hole style because i want to make sure we say it one of the things i'm so excited about with garinto is that it really plays differently at every player count solo has its own set of components two player has a tiny bit of take thatiness in yep. the sense that you are ditching a tile yep. that your opponent might otherwise use three player is really the only iteration of the game that is um you know, the throwback to what we began with. And you can play four player that way as well with the same base rules. But the partnership four player game is amazing. It, you know, people who have played the uh, played it all along and have watched it grown and watched it evolve and been honestly happy with it every step of the way. Once they play the partnership version, their eyes just go wide as saucers and they're like, oh, my goodness. So. You know, we've often been told by many people, apropos of nothing, I don't prompt them or anything. They go, man, I've never never had an abstract engine builder. This is really unique. Yeah. And now an abstract engine builder that has a partnership mode is just another layer on top of it. And so just pleased as punch with uh, with how this thing has come to fruition. And I just, you know, I, I can't wait to get past the Kickstarter to have it in people's hands and they can you know, feel the tiles and they can hear the clackiness and they can play the game and they can go, Oh my goodness. You know? Um, yeah. Super excited as, as I hope is evident. Yes. And it is. And like I said, we've been, we've been trying to cheer you on along the way as well. We, we played it a lot at two just because that's kind of what our household is. And you're right. It can be a little take that because you're, you want to pay attention to what your opponent's trying to collect and maybe ditch that tile. Mm -hmm. But it was a, a different game with three. And that makes it, to me, even more likely to make it to the table. Um, I was even thinking today, you know, I want to try that solo mode because I like, I want to figure this puzzle out myself. So I was really excited to see a solo mode added in the Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm not a big solo gamer, but um, when, you know, obviously these days you put things on Kickstarter, everything needs to have a solo mode. There's a, there's a very vocal and enthusiastic True. solo gaming yeah. contingent out there. And we want to speak to those people as well, because they're important to the success of the game. They're important to the success of my company. And so uh, Ricky worked his tail off to get it ready. 
and we had consultation from uh, the king of solo, David Turzi. Nice. And um, they, yeah, they came up with experience that is definitively Garinto. There is no question about that, but um, but that provides uh, you know a very unique set of challenges again because it has its own components, and uh, you're playing against the the trickster uh, god whose name is escaping me at this point. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be a great challenge for the solo folks out there. That's awesome. And I honestly, I don't play a lot of solo games, but this is probably one of the first ones that I really want to give it a try because I just keep, man, I want to try that. I want to get back to that puzzle. I want to try to beat it again. And that it was almost more of that enjoyment for me is just trying to master the puzzle of that and build that correct engine through the whole gameplay. So now speaking, you mentioned the components. I know mm -hmm. we had a prototype, but it looks like this, the new iteration of the tiles that you have coming are going to be absolutely awesome well that is the plan you know uh we're definitely reaching for the stars with this production um it's an expensive game to produce but in order to uh, one convey the sensibility that uh, you know that this is a a, a world-class object you know what i mean um azul obviously set the standard for that very sure. early on yeah um that you know just having a uh, ho-hum components for an abstract is not going to cut it. I mean, between Azul itself and Kickstarter, um, you know, we can't cut corners on this. The other thing is that because of the way the board is physically built, where you, you know, we called it a path and a mountain, um, we needed to make sure we had components that, you know, gave it that thematic hook and, and had it realized on the table before people. And then lastly, um, in addition to the tactile nature of it, you know, you want it to, from a from an audio standpoint, you know, you want that clackiness, that satisfaction of when the tiles are set upon one another, whether it's on the board or it's on your personal player mat, to, uh, you know, really kind of bring it home. Yeah. It sounds like they'll be super satisfying, because honestly, just stacking up, even the components in the prototype, they were still good. Like, they, I, I think I mentioned that in the video, is honestly, even the prototype was a good iteration of the game even if that had gone to out onto into you know local stores i still think people would have absolutely enjoyed it yeah we definitely got a lot more compliments on the prototype components than i expected we would get i was uh you know kind of surprised because uh, well anyway yeah, it, was, it was it was too physically fiddly for the experience that is in my vision long term sure. so so that that's what i was contrasting to i i like to think that i hold myself and the products that I put out to a pretty high standard. So, so, so there now, we are. So tell us what other wonderful games um, can folks find from Grand Gamers Guild? Speaking of sure. other things that you put out. Right. So we have a partnership with Burnt Island Games on the Endeavor series of games, which are Age of Sail and uh, the forthcoming Age of Expansion, which should make it out this convention season. Nice. And then my solo Kickstarter, uh, and when I say solo, I mean I did not have a publishing partner on this, for the Artemis Project, uh, did very well earlier this year. Or was it last year? It doesn't matter. Um, it's still going strong. It is. Uh, we're super proud of that project. Uh, super proud of the product that it is. Again, how it uh, feels in your hands, how it looks on your table. I continue to get orders for it, and uh, the designers are working on an expansion for it as we speak. Oh, that's so, exciting. Yeah, yeah, I got I, to play that prototype as well, actually. Um, okay. The Board Game Mechanics, who we're very good friends with, oh, um, yeah. I think reviewed that for you last year. So I that was one that I got to try early on and was sad to see. <laughs> that was another that I went, bring it back. I want to play it some more. So... 
um, yeah, that I hear lots of good things um, anytime I mention that game. People know which one I'm talking about. I appreciate that. You know, we had a, a robust Kickstarter for it, but again, it not being a um, Looney Minis Fest, it did well. I mean, heck, it was uh, short of Endeavor Age of Sale. It did better than any other project I've kickstarted. But um, I think Artemis has a lot more potential, both as a game out in the universe, uh, as well as uh, expanding the story that it that it aims to tell. So I have, you know, fingers crossed, high hopes that with the reputation that Artemis itself has gained, with the reputation that I as a publisher continue to hopefully cultivate among among existing fans and potentially new fans, that we can hope to see the second Kickstarter of Artemis do even better because there will be so many more people who are jumping on, right. not just for the uh the expansion but because they missed the artemis project the first time around yeah totally agree with that now speaking of kickstarters i know you mentioned that your garento campaign was a little different than artemis where you you just went here's an excellent game that i would like for you to back there's not any stretch goals was that a hard decision to make um yes and no because kickstarter is a very particular market people have expectations and i'll be flat out honest and say i have taken um you know, a little bit of a beating about the head and shoulders for some people who look at the Garento Kickstarter and go, uh, yeah, this is not for me because, well, a whole bunch of reasons, but I, uh, because there's no stretch goals, there's nothing more that they are going to get as a function of supporting the Kickstarter. I mean, now they are getting a reduced price and they are getting an opportunity to um, back the kickstarter version of it which comes with some bells and whistles uh, and i knew that was going to happen it's just the nature of the kickstarter beast but um yeah it's just uh it was just a big fat chance that we took and i think it's paying off you know we we have uh, over two weeks to go still and every time i flick onto the screen it continues to to climb and i i would only say to those folks like you're missing out on a good game i i yeah i agree with you like it is it is so perfect the way that it is that I think you took a good gamble with that. And it's yeah. a great price point. You're getting into it at an excellent price point if you're backing the Kickstarter version. Yeah, and to your point, and I and I, I lost a little bit of track of your question, but now you reminded me. In terms of what people come to expect on Kickstarter, it's not the kind of product that can be, and I'm going to use sort of an incendiary turn of phrase here, but arbitrarily expanded. This isn't something where we can throw in a single extra thing and risk that oh, it's just one item, it won't really upset the apple cart. If we were to put in something, I mean, the mechanics are so tight. Right. It's just, you know, you might, again, you, you might upset the apple cart. You might turn a sublime experience into a complete mess. And again, throw a card into the Artemis project, throw a new building into Endeavor Age of Expansion. I'm purposely naming my own products and not other people's <laughs> You're products. You're allowed, that's okay. <laughs> you know, um, but, but pick any game that has many, many moving parts and throwing in one thing that provides an odd experience first time out, eh, no big deal. You know, um, there's a lot more there to play with, but that's just not the case with Garinto. Yeah, and like I said, to to just get the retail copy, it's only thirty five dollars. To mm -hmm. get the Kickstarter, which I think I would that's that's honestly still my recommendation because I like that Dragon Tile expansion that you have with it yep. from the Wilds. That we had a lot of fun with that. Um, I agree. It's forty five dollars to get into this game. I mean, exactly. come on, people. <laughs> you'll <laughs> yes. you'll go out and get a lousy dinner for forty five dollars, and this to me has you will reap the rewards on your return for investing forty five dollars on this game. 
I, with much, much bias, completely agree. So. <laughs> well, cool. Well, is there anything else exciting about the game that you would want to share with anybody? Um, anything I mean, we might have missed? Mm -hmm. I mean, no, I think we've kind of touched on all of it. The only thing I would say is, you know, if people have questions about it, anything I haven't answered, certainly reach out to me on the Kickstarter, reach out to me uh, via Facebook, reach out to me via email from my website. But I mean, it really is what you see is what you get. And, you know, I've referred to it as a, a clean campaign and not going to lie. I really like this. I like the idea of presenting a product fully formed and, not being on as much of a roller coaster ride. Um, and when I have yeah. the right product that can be, that can shine doing this, uh, this might be the way we go going forward. Sure. We'll see. Time well, will tell. Time yeah. Will... And I can, t I mean, you can tell that you guys have put a lot of love and time into this game. Like you can tell that just from the prototype. Thanks. When someone gives you a prototype that already had, like, like I said, that could set out on a store shelf today and people would purchase <laughs> it and love it you have already put a lot of time and effort and love into this. So, you know, I'm looking at 559 backers as the time of this recording, over $24,000 pledge. So I'm so excited for you guys. And thank you for taking the time to share, you know, your side of this game with us. I can talk about it all day long, but I we wanted to hear it more from you and get, get you a chance to talk about, you know, what brought you this project and how excited you are for it as well. Thanks so much. I think uh, I think based on what you just said, I think it means we gained four bankers while we were talking. That's awesome. So, so like I said, every every time we turn around, it's just like wow, another 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 small handful of folks. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, cool, Kim. Well, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Mark, for taking the time to to hang out with us a little bit, and we hope to hear more from you and see more amazing things out of Green Gamers Guild. Oh, you will. <laughs> thanks. Bye bye. So I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to talk with Mark. He was super fun. What a great guy. Uh, now, since we since you weren't in on that interview, what did you like about Garinto when we played it? I like that it's it's a fairly simple game to learn. Yeah. Um, it's you take a take a tile from the path, you place it on the mountain uh, based on where you picked it up, and based on the type of tile that it was, you pick up other ones and place them on your own player board, which would help you pick up points at the end of each round, as well as pick up more tiles from the mountain um, each time you do so. It's very simple, but there's a lot of replayability to it, what with the different, uh, um, with the different goal cards yeah. for each round, um, the different element cards that are scored at the end of the game, um, and just the different, just the random layout of mm -hmm. the board itself. Yeah, I know they're real excited about it. And, and I even mentioned to Mark that I thought, gosh, even the prototype was, was already such great components that I'm excited to see what this final product's going to look exactly. like. Exactly, yeah. I want to see the uh, the tiles that are inset so they'll stack up easier. Yeah, I, I was a little Godzilla a couple times that I wasn't paying attention and <laughs> might have wrecked a couple of stacks. Um, and I'm excited there's a solo mode, and I am not normally a solo gamer. I don't think you are either, but I could totally see either one of us sitting and playing this one on an evening when one of us is busy. Right, exactly. Yeah, this is it's one of those where um, I've seen a lot of solo games where it's a more complicated version yeah, of... Yeah, and this doesn't seem like it's yeah. the case at all. So so definitely check out our review. It's, it's shared on the page or you can find it on the YouTube channel. Um, and let us know what you think. And you still have a few days to back that Kickstarter 
So be sure to check it out. If for some reason you're listening to this way after the Kickstarter, this is one you certainly want to try to look for at a convention or at your FLGS. Um, if you like Azul or Dragon Castle or Mahjong, uh, it's certainly going to have that kind of feel to it. It's certainly not a duplicate of any of those games, but it kind of has that feel to it. Um, with just a lot more strategy, and I love that little sneaky engine building aspect of it. Next on the channel, we're going to be wrapping up our publisher spotlight for Fight in a Box Games. So, the long-awaited Hedgehog Hop review, I apologize, that should have been out last week, and just had some challenges. Technology and I are not the best friends sometimes, so that'll be out this week. And then we will finish up with Processing. That's a game that you and I both enjoy. It's a, yeah. Just the concept of it is, is a hoot and a half. Hedgehog Hop is also really fun, too. Super portable, fun little game. So be sure to check on the channels for those. And then you will also be seeing a quick review of Knights and Ninjas. So this is another Kickstarter that's currently active, and I just checked. It has funded, so congrats Excellent. to them on that. Yeah. Um, it's a fun little card game for two to six players. It's going to play in about 20 minutes or so. Um, and this is a fun little mi good mix of strategy and chance. So ultimately, your goal is to, you're going to start with five gems. Your goal is to get ten gems by stealing them from your opponent. And you're going to do that in a number of ways. So there's you, you start with so many cards, you're going to draw cards each turn, and then you're going to play your cards to either fortify your kingdom to stop people from stealing from you. Uh, you can attack a rival kingdom to go after some of their gems, or you can perform a special action. And uh, then when you're attacked, if you happen to have the card in your hand, it'll kind of help you prevent your attacker from stealing as many gems. It sort of reminds me of Village Pillage. A little bit. There's there's still that kind of same, very, it's, it's, it's got a little bit more of the take that flavor than Village Pillage, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's still there. It's very similar where you're trying to, instead of stealing turnips from your neighbors and as, in, as you would in Village Pillage, you're trying to take these gems, yeah, and um, you know how many you take and how you take them. It depends on the cards you play versus the cards that they have if they want to play to count counteract. Yeah, and this has a little more chance because you're drawing those cards, right? So you're it's you know you're not a hundred percent sure what you're going to have in your hand each turn. Um, the artwork on this one is absolutely fantastic. I love the artwork in this Super game. Super cute. Oh, it really is, <laughs> um, and it has a great price point. So to back the just regular version of the game is only $19 and you're going to go all up to 29 and that's going to include all the expansions as well. Right. And then either one of those options is going to include the stretch goals. So good game. Definitely check that out. We'll have something up on the page this week for it as well. And then we got other cool, fun things in the pipeline that I'm not quite going to share with you yet. So you'll just have to tune in and watch the Facebook and Instagram pages. we got to keep something a surprise. we got to have a little bit of surprise here and there. So yeah, keep it coming. We're excited about some of the games we have on the horizon to share with you, just as well as some good old classics that we love. So thanks for following us and joining us in our fun little journey of uh, playing board games. So I made the mistake <laughs> of getting on a Kickstarter with Garento. And so I do a real good job of not wanting to back stuff when I don't go out there. But then I went out there. And so I found more things that are wonderful and fantastic. But you found, gosh, one of the biggest Kickstarter efforts I think I've ever seen for something. Yeah, this one's definitely more on my end of the gaming spectrum. Um, this one is uh, Hero Forge 2.0. Um, and if you're not familiar with Hero Forge, it's an online um, web-based 
miniature custom miniature customization. Yeah. And they'll also print those custom minis for you and send them to you. Now this is more for um, tabletop role playing games, uh, so like D and D, Pathfinder. They also have um, sci-fi minis and accessories for uh, games like Shadowrun. Oh, okay. Normally it was just design the mini and you could either get um, the 3D file. Okay. So you could print it yourself or if you have a 3D printer. Because those service. are becoming ridiculously affordable these they days. They are r- ridiculously affordable. I'm looking at my cheap one right now <laughs> on my desk. Um, it was always just, you know, print it out in plastic and there it is for you. It's. Right. Um, I and mean, then they're, you have they were the... high quality minis. They, yeah, they, they're really nice. And of course, me being a painter, I always enjoyed painting them myself and also you know playing D D is very cool to be able to customize the mini to exactly what you have in your head uh, for your character yeah that's fun um with hero forge 2.0 they are definitely stepping the game up yeah um because they are um, advertising and i've seen some prototypes of their new minis and they're able to do full color 3d printed that's crazy so you and so the Kickstarter is to help fund their design of the new website, which will allow you to apply colors to the models. And when wow. they're printed, uh, the actual plastic will be colored with how you chose it. And it seems like at least the rendering, the few that you've definitely looked at this Kickstarter more than I have, but it seems like the renderings or the colors are pretty vibrant. They are pretty vibrant, and from what I've seen, it's going to be um, like full color. So it's not just like three colors or four colors. They're talking it's like full, anything in the spectrum. Full spectrum wow. with gradients, and there even uh, there's even talk of having different like levels of shading built into huh. it. Wow! Um, so if you don't want a plain gray or black plastic mini, um, you can, and you're not a good painter. You can go with this option and have one ready to go out of the box, and it'll look exactly how you want it. Crazy. Um, Now, it's not just for the minis. They also have options in there for photo mode, so you can still design exactly how it's going to look. Take a picture of it, paste it into your character sheet. Oh, okay. anything like that. They also have tokens if you play online using, like, Roll20 or any of those other... um, online uh, role-playing systems really so you can design exactly how those look so no matter how you play your games other than theater of the mind obviously right um they will have a way to represent your character exactly how you want it to look so being a painter on this like do you foresee this as causing less people to paint their minis or just more people being more satisfied with their mini I think the people that would paint the minis probably and and get a lot of enjoyment out of that hobby because it is a totally separate hobby. Yeah, would still just <laughs> would still just would still just get the plain unpainted minis, paint them themselves. Yeah, which I probably would end up doing. Sure. But I did back um, this Kickstarter. You and like every other person known <laughs> to mankind, I think. Um, yeah, it's pretty close. But I did back this where I would get one full color printed mini and access and early access to all of the. Like the, the beta, the design. the design mode the, of it. Yeah, the design. Huh, interesting. But it is definitely a way, so if somebody doesn't, because... 
<laughs> oh, and I get it. Painting. I don't have the patience to paint by any means. Painting. I just is... give it to you and ask you to paint it <laughs> instead. It is a skill. Like I said, it is a hobby all on its own. Sure. Um, to have somebody else paint it, which is another option that Hero Forge is going to offer. Oh, that's right. Yes, because they are going to offer um, a professionally painted mini offer. Which you should is, get in on that. Which is their... <laughs> I don't know if I'm that good. <laughs> but that is... I mean, that is going to be their most expensive mini. I haven't seen um, any price points on it. I haven't either. Um, but Wasn't I it would... some like humongous printer, too? Did, they have, did I see a picture, or did I dream that on the Kickstarter? <laughs> I think I saw that it's going to be a pretty good-sized printer because it does have to have all the different colors built oh, into it. Oh, yeah, you do. It. Oh, that's true. The professionally painted services, if you don't want to paint it yourself, those can get pretty pricey. And sure. from what I've seen, um, even though these minis aren't cheap to begin with, um, I mean, uh, the premium plastic mini, which is their highest quality, um, for a standard-sized figure, you're looking at $30. That's just for the gray? That's just for the gray. Okay, so that's and, what and that's what we have purchased in the past. We and, have at least two of those, I right. think. Uh, and I'm not 100% sure, but what I've seen is that they're looking at $40 for the color printed mini. Okay. So, that seems reasonable. I mean, that seems like a makes sense price point, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's still not going to be cheap for a miniature, but it is infinitely more, infinitely more um, accessible than hiring, than commissioning a professional painter to do your Right. Mini. Well, and it, it, again, it's, it's, I think what matters in that is the customization like you said earlier exactly because i can go buy a whiz kids mini and it's the race and sort of the you know sort of my character it's not dead on my character and you can fix some of that with painting but you're you're forced into whatever pose they have them in right. or whatever additional things and i know hero forge has a ton of options even before this yeah. of different ways you can pose your person different way different other little things i don't know what else word to use to have with them like i know my bard has a flame coming out of her hand i could have put bottle there's all kinds of stuff you could put on the base with it right so and i just want to clarify that if, if you haven't seen it that there's a lot to this mini that makes it yours versus yeah i can totally go buy a WizKids mini for seven bucks or whatever but you're gonna have this one's gonna be truly unique to your character and if that's something that you really enjoy then i think you can get a lot out of it right so so that's Hero Forge. It just wrapped up uh, their campaign, um, and it was hugely successful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were looking for um, what I would consider to be a fairly modest amount, uh, forty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> um, but after their campaign campaign ended uh, late last week, um, their final total of the the final pledge total was three point one million. That's insane. So, <laughs> how many backers was that? Um, almost 40,000 backers. Yeah, so I bet at least some of you have heard of this because with 40,000 backers, I'm sure somebody oh. out there listening is also familiar with this. Exactly. Wow. That's huge. It was like 7,000 some odd percentage, wasn't it? Or am I not doing my math right? I'm not good at math. Um, yeah, that's too much math for right now. Yeah, it was something like that's ridiculous like that. Wowza. That's interesting, though. Like, I'm I'm curious to see how that works out. I mean, clearly there's 40,000 people interested in it, whether they use it to the full advantage of printing and color mini. Or like you said, I like the idea of being able to just create one and then have that posed in color that you can use on your character sheet. That's pretty cool, too. I I'll think, still stick with I think, human I think, art. But. I think that 
that feature alone is going to be used a lot just to be able to say this is what my character looks like even if you don't want if, even if you can't see to spending the $30 for a mini and then either painting it yourself or having someone paint it for you yeah or spending the $40 on the full <laughs> color print um you at least have something that you can customize yourself so if you have um if you have a war wizard you can have your character with a sword in one hand and a fireball coming out of the other. Yeah. Is is there any cost to do the the actual just creation? There's no cost for the creation. There, there hasn't been in the past. But maybe there could be a... I don't know. I haven't seen anything yeah, I about haven't that. Either. I don't think there would be. Interesting. Um, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard telling. Sheesh. Well, that was your... I know that... I know you backed that one, so that's kind of cool. I'm still convincing him to to let me back Wonderland's War from Druid City Games and Skybound Games. He, he, Matt and I talked about this one on episode one of the podcast because he had an opportunity to play some of it, or at least do a, a demo of it at PAX South. I had to remember which direction he was. Oh my gosh, this this game looks so cool. It does look cool. The art, again, I'm a, you're going to hear me say this a lot. I am a sucker for good art in a game. Like I just am, it grabs my attention um, I almost, that's going to catch my eye, it's art, so that makes sense. Right. But that's going to catch my attention on a game, even before I necessarily look at, what's this game about? <laughs> um, but it's got area majority control, it has deck building, and it has bag building, which are like, I would say the majority of our games have one of those types of things in it. I love deck builders, I love bag builders, things like Quacks of Quedlin Bird. Um, and area, area majority control is usually pretty fun. Um... And even, like, I've seen a couple playthroughs. There's definitely some good videos out there on it. I know James Hudson was just on, what, Game of the Game. And they played through this on Geek and Sundry. Yes, they do have a video, on a gameplay video for that. So, it still has 16 days to go. You can get in on this one for $50 for the retail version. But, as also mentioned in episode one, I'm a sucker for good components, too. So, um, you're looking at $80 for the Kickstarter. So the day this game launched, I actually did message Matt Scott and ask him if I needed to add on the premium chips for this game. And he just went, yes. <laughs> so you're looking at another, I think it's 20, maybe I'm wrong. 40, 15 or yeah. $40 for the additional. So yeah, this is not a cheap one to get into, but I think you're getting a lot of game out of it from everything that I've seen on it. So that is certainly a Kickstarter on our radar. As like I said, as of today, it has 16 days to go. So I'm still making my decisions on it because it is a lot to get into sight unseen. Um, but I'm comfortable with the producers with Druid City and Skybound Games that you're going to get a quality product. The minis look amazing. See, there are minis. You can paint minis for this game. Yeah, because yeah, because that's what I need is more minis to paint. <laughs> waiting but for the me minis look really good. The art in the game looks good, and just the overall game works. Like it, it looks fun. So uh, that's another one that we recommend checking out to see if you would like it. And then the latest, I don't know, big news Kickstarter out there is this Marvel United from Simon Games. Um, I know there's been some scuttlebutt <laughs> about Simon using Kickstarter as a platform, given their you know, overall stance of a as a publisher. Yeah, the the main thing being that they are a larger publisher. I don't know all the details about their internal financials, but they seem large enough to not to need Kickstarter 
as opposed right. to some of the smaller and more independent firms mm-hmm. trying to actually get their get funding to be able to actually produce the game. Yeah. And regardless, I mean, I I don't know that I have a strong opinion one way or the other. Maybe I do. It's not something I'm going to get into here. <laughs> um, but the Marvel United na- game does look like a, a pretty solid game. I'm just now f- I'm just now kind of checking this one out, so I don't have quite as many details on it. But the the minis are that like what is that chibi style? Yeah, chibi style. So those are kind of cute and fun. Anyway, it's already funded, so there's no. I I wasn't really concerned about that honestly. From Simon, it's got minis. It's what surprised me out of this honestly is that it's from Simon. It has minis, and it's not a hundred dollar game. Right. That's what honestly surprised me on this one. It's only $60 to get in on this one. At least to like for the United Pledge. So that's got the core box. It's got three exclusive, exclusive there we go, um, figures. And then all applicable stretch goals. And then there's an Infinity Pledge. That's a little bit closer to your normal CMON prices at $90. But the only thing that I see different is it includes the Infinity Gauntlet expansion. It's got the same exclusive heroes, Nick Fury, Hawkeye... And Corvus Glaive. I don't know. It could be worth getting into it. I don't... I Again, I haven't looked up enough to see if the Infinity Gauntlet expansion is worth it. It probably is. Yeah, let's be honest. For, for the most part, getting a, um, a Simon expansion for just an additional 30 bucks. Yeah. So that's another one. The IP is super popular right now. Everybody, everybody loves Marvel stuff. It's been a nice change of pace, I think, that it's... We've had a, a kind of a surge of Marvel games between Marvel, uh, what is that, Crisis Protocol? Marvel Champions. Marvel Champions, game. yeah. So we're getting a slew of Marvel IPs here lately. So worth checking out. Those are the ones that we're watching right now. And then Jim took Kickstarter away from me and said I, I had to stay off of it for a little bit. <laughs> or else I'm going to buy all the games. But well, I'll sneak back out there and get some more more kickstarters for you to watch for our next show all of these uh, that i noticed that see that marvel united also has about 16 days left so you got some time to go out there do some research decide if it's for you at least as of the time of recording yeah if you're if you've listened to this like two months later you have missed the boat i'm sorry but that's okay keep listening <laughs> we'll give you catch up and we'll give you some other new new stuff well with that uh, let's that'll wrap up episode two thank you everyone for listening jim thank you for joining me thanks for having me on sure we'll invite you back more often (laughs) have a little fun well considering i spend the time just downstairs while you're doing this (laughs) i take over his painting room so he can't even paint while we do all this stuff but uh if you want to see you know our latest reviews what we're playing be sure to follow us over on facebook um, we'll do, we get a few behind the scenes photos, uh, just the stuff we're playing and things that we're enjoying over on our Instagram. Both of those are at Tabletop Rebellion. Please go out there and find us on YouTube. We're working very hard to bring you some quality product, some quality content out there on YouTube. So we would certainly appreciate you subscribing, um, liking the channel as well and this podcast. So thanks for listening. And uh, we enjoy sharing with you how we bring people together one game at a time. 